My name is Mary Grace, and this is the Home Body Podcast. And here we're exploring the home as a body and body as a home. I host spiritually and artfully minded conversations on embodiment, on approaching life as practice, artistic collaboration, and experiment. We'll talk about healing, art, aesthetics, magic, the practices we can bring to hone our intuition and live our life fully awake with our power intact. My hope is to encourage and enliven you and to also cultivate awareness and freedom. We're here to develop wisdom and self-trust and to be dynamic agents of beauty. We're here to design and be more intentional with the creation of our life. And we are here to make room for inquiry, sensitivity, and joy. Thank you for listening. You know, our bodies and this planet are our homes while we're in these lifetimes. And these are supposed to be safe spaces for us. And the plants never violate. Like, they will, they can help you remember that you can trust your body, remember that you can trust nature, remember that you can, and and at some point, remember that you can trust people again, especially if you've been harmed by people. Hi, everyone. Welcome to today's episode of the Homebody Podcast. I'm really excited to share our conversation with you today. My guests are Tammy and Salima Lust, and together they are I Will a Remedy. We had so much fun recording this episode, talking about plants, pain, healing, and also how they partner together so well in life and also business. Before we jump into the episode, I want to let you know about a couple of gifts that you can take advantage of. One is if you would like more of a a forecast episode for January's astrology and energy and my personal divination for the month, you can go back and listen to last week's episode and catch up on that. You can also go to the link below to get free prompts for personalizing this month's energy and transits and also tarot I pulled for the month. It is a free resource that I send out each month. So head to the link below in the show notes to get yours if you don't already get them. They're meant to serve as a simple, beautiful guide for to help you navigate and check in with your own center as you move through the cosmic weather for the month. And also I taught a free class last week on why you don't need Instagram (laughs) or more followers to run your business, your side hustle, your freelance gigs, your creative projects. I just recently deleted the app. My profile is still up as a sort of weather vane, but I'm no longer engaging with it. It was really beginning to tax my mental health, drain my energy. And then when they released their new data policies on the 20th of December, I just had to say I'm out. I just really felt my body was very much telling me to stop. So I did. So even if you really love Instagram, I think it's really wise to have some backup plans for how you build community and engage with people who support your work. So this free class helps you walk through an introduction to how to begin to do that and engage with your community in a way that feels reciprocal and creative and good because I think business can feel good and consensual and reciprocal. I think building a community can feel good. And that's a conversation I'm here for. And I'm working on more resources to support you in that. So for now, you can get the class that I just taught for free at the link below and let me know what you think about it. And as for today's episode, Tammy Lust and Salima Harliston Lust are my guests today. And together they run I Will a Remedy, where they use herbal medicine as well as spiritual and emotional alchemy and astrology to facilitate healing journeys and spaces for others. In this episode, we talk about a lot of things. 
the conversation I feel started super polite. And by the end, I feel like we're just talking over each other and laughing most of the time. It was so much fun. And I really loved getting to know them and their work. And I hope you enjoy it too. We talk about what they do at Iwilla, as well as some other things like how healing is not just a physical journey, but also a spiritual and emotional process. We talk about some of the reasons why we tend to leave physical pain unaddressed. And we also talk about the really low bar that is our mainstream contemporary notion of health and where that tends to fall short. And they also share really beautifully about the special invitation and lessons that plants offer us in addition to some of their own personal healing journeys and what got them into this work. So I really hope that you enjoy the episode as much as I do. And with that, let us get into this conversation with Tammy and Salima of I Will A Remedy. I usually let people start by introducing themselves, like introducing kind of what you do in the world and how you operate in the world. Um, And then also your relationship to each other for those of us who don't know. Who would like to go first? You want to go first, Salima? Sure. I am Salima Harleston Lust, uh, wife to Tammy, (laughs) and we have a beautiful son, Niles. Um, And the way that I contribute to society is by being a healer. And really, I'd like, I actually don't like the word healer. I facilitate people's healing processes and help empower, help them remember their inner healer through um, like my methods are herbalism, medical astrology, and spirituality. Beautiful. Um, and I'm Tammy Lust, uh, wonderful wife to Salima Lust, Harleston Lust, um, and other mother to Niles. And in Iwilla, I am the one that uh, creates processes. I'm the one who creates uh, systems. And so that also translates into the greater world because that's how I also... Um, facilitate healing or facilitate the, the, uh, the helping of healing for others to help them break down um, what's going on instead of it being like so overwhelming. Yes. I love that. Um, I think I had this question for later, but since you're already bringing it up, we'll just jump into it now. But <laughs> this, I, I really feel like natural healing or healing that approaches Um, that brings in a spiritual element as well, addresses the emotional body as well as the physical body. Um, Anytime we're trying to look at and treat something holistically, we're involved in like whole systems thinking or full systems thinking. And both of you all mentioned that. Do you mind talking about how that is a unique approach potentially in our understanding of healthcare at this moment? Um, and why it's really important or why you have found it to be effective? Mm. Um, you, I'll start, Salima, and then you'll come in and clean it up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, when, when we first started on this journey, uh, we really looked at things the way, I, we, let's just say like Western society kind of teaches you to look at things, just look at the symptom, Right. So for example, um, when we started, I had awful, awful acne. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and so we were just looking at the skin, right? And so what can you put on topically? What can you do? What can you do? And then you might veer a little deeper and say, oh, okay, what am I eating? How can I have more water? But only when we started putting an emotional component to it, a spiritual component to it, and a physical component to it, did I really start seeing changes within my skin? And that was like, oh, like it all matters. And so trying to just look at something uh, through one lens perhaps will give you results for the moment, but they're not going to give you these long-term results, right? Because going back to the acne, it, I've never had it again. You might have bumps or whatever, but it was never what it was because we looked at it from a holistic perspective and that just kind of blew the top off of everything for us. And so then we started approaching really everything in our lives that way. And that's the way uh, we teach. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, she said what I was going to say. Um, but to add to that, you know, like modern medicine is it really kind of teaches us to be like segregated and like fragmented in how we approach our healing. Like you have specialties or specialists who handle this and not realizing how interconnected, of course, our body systems are. But there's a total separation in modern medicine from like the emotional body and the mental body and how that is really the contribution the primary contributor of when we experience pain, illness, disease on the body, it's coming from within. And so we can't just tackle it from the, the external. We have to do the emotional work as well to, because that's the seed, you know, it's like, this is how we manifest. doesn't matter if it's manifesting a car, if it's manifesting illness, it comes, it starts internally. It starts in our minds, moves to our emotions, our sensations, and then into our reality. Mm-hmm. I think too, I've been thinking a lot about when I've had certain issues in my body and when I was kind of frantically trying to find a solution for it quickly, a lot of times we are willing to endure kind of emotional Mm -hmm. trauma in order to get a physical result. Mm -hmm. Do you find that that is true for you or people who come to you? I think that the emotional is um, far harder for people to tackle than the physical. Um, And I do agree. I think people will stay in their emotional pain longer than they would stay or even deal with their physical pain. Um, I think going through, going deep into yourself can be a very scary process. um, And everyone doesn't want to do it. And even if you start, you might stop. Um, But I, I, I do agree. And I think if people can kind of get over that speed hump, um, and dive into themselves and really get to know themselves, um, the good, bad, and the ugly, because we all have it, I think that they would see expedited healing from a physical perspective. Yeah, I think that people are willing to endure, yeah, physical pain a lot longer um, and tolerate. It's our toleration levels, right? Like what are, I've known people and they're young, you know, we're like, we're young. So they're young too, um, <laughs> who have been on high blood pressure medications already for the majority of their lives. And it's like, I'm not even 40. How is that possible? Right. Um, and, and we'll have sometimes physical symptoms that accompany it, but won't, like in the body is a messenger. It is a masterful communicator signaling to us when there's something internal that we um, need to work on. And even in those signals, they will endure the painful signals to not 
dive deeply into the emotional work. And it's like, that's just an, it's an interesting mindset to be like, I'm willing to endure taking this medication for the rest of my life. And I'm willing to tolerate um, this low level pain. Hmm. Um, I think from here, I want to back up to where I was going to originally start. Uh, Tammy, you mentioned that acne was kind of a background for you and a jumping off point into learning to think more holistically about your own body and system. And I'm sure Salima, you have a story as well. Tammy, you may have another one, but I'm interested in how you all came to this work and this, not only the realization of this as being how our systems function, all of our bodies together, and also what was the journey like into wanting to step into the role of holding healing space for others and being kind of a guide through that space. So it started with me and my acne. (laughs) Um, And it started with Google searches and just ordering books and reading. And it started with essential oils um, and just like formulating things. Then I found who is our mentor, um, Karen Rose. I found her. I don't even know how I found her, but I went to her shop one day and she was like, yeah, I have an apprenticeship. And so I was like, I want to do it. So that means you want to do it too, Salima. Um, And she was like, okay. So we did the apprenticeship. And uh, so there's three levels. uh, And we went through all three levels. And level one and two were huge for me. Level one is like life-changing. And level two, but when you get to level three, that's when you start like seeing clients and doing all of that. And that's where, I don't want to say the break happened, but that's where we switched. Because I was like, oh, I'm I'm good. I don't want to. I don't want to see clients. I don't. I don't want to do that. Um, and Selim is like, but I do. So um, you're doing it too. <laughs> <laughs> so, so she said, so you're doing it too. And I was like, ah, okay. But that's how that's how we started. It was really just doing something like for us. And you know, we had a we had a body care line also, and so we made a natural deodorant, and that came from. Like uh, my sister found a lump and it freaked me out. And so I was like, we're going to, we're going to create deodorant. So we created deodorant and we created face uh, oil and we created this whole natural line. Um, But it wasn't filling the need, right? It wasn't, it wasn't feeding us the way we were looking to be fed. And then Salima, I'll pass it to you now because Salima was really the catalyst of saying, here's what we're going to do. Here's how we're going to do it. Um, and as everything we do in life, Salima absolutely jumps first, <laughs> tests the waters, comes back and gets me, and then we go together. I love it. So. <laughs> and so for me with the journey, like, yes, Tammy absolutely got us started with um, just changing our lifestyles into more and using more natural medicine. You know, we'd also changed our diet, started exercising more. Um, and the physical pains that I were experiencing, you know, felt very fragmented. It was a lot of like musculoskeletal pain, hip pain, lower back pain, wrist pain. Um, also like adult acne, uh, digestive issues. It was just all of these chronic experiences of going to the chiropractor three times a week mm-hmm. and just being like, this is what I'm supposed to do for the rest of my life. And one of the things that we realized while we were in the mentorship program and it had been resurfacing was that there was you know, childhood sexual trauma and just the tumultuous environment I grew up in and never having uh, just dealt with that. And it wasn't from a place of 
I'm avoiding it. It was really from a place of, I have no idea what to do. Like, yeah, this is, this is the reality in which I grew up. Now what? And wasn't necessarily aware of how it was impacting until it really started to impact like almost every area of mm. our lives. From our relationship, of course, my own health was deteriorating. Um, even work and just relationships with other people, I was like, oh, wow, you can really pinpoint that trauma is the problem. Mm-hmm. Um, and while all the other doors were closing, you know, we were in this apprenticeship program and that was really the invitation to go deeper. But it's mm-hmm. like, I've got no other door. Honestly, it was like, I've got no other door to go through. So I guess this is, you know, this is kind of where spirit was leading me. Um, and so being able to just embark on this and, and, you know, I do feel like when you're experiencing physical pains and it's always rooted in emotional pains. You can plateau like in your healing. You can reach a place where you're good, but you're still not like fully whole, right? It'll just travel somewhere else in the body. Um, and so we can just reach this plateau point too, where it's like, I want to feel 100%. Like I am 28. I should not feel like this. <laughs> um, and so that internal drive just kept me going and realizing that this was the path. But I would say before it clicked, it was more like, I just never stopped. I just continued to honor that I feel pulled to do the medicine. And there was some forward thinking of like, how do I make, you know, a career or a path out of this? But there was also some internal resistance and some like, well, what other people are doing is like not what I want to do. <laughs> um, but it, it, it worked itself out. <laughs> like it does. <laughs> like it does. <laughs> I mean, like it does when it's the right thing. Right. Um, I love the distinction that you made as well. And I'm not an herbalist. I don't usually work with people in that in, uh, so much of a physical capacity. Um, but I do agree with and understand the importance of approaching healing spaces where like, I'm not here to fix you. You already know how mm-hmm. something inside of you already knows how to heal itself. And maybe you need guidance. Maybe you need witnessing. I find often is what people need. They need someone to see and reflect back to them, like what's actually going on. Um, and you mentioned that that is part of your process and how you understand that exchange as well. Do you mind sharing more? Is that something that you learned in your training? Is it something that you have just observed with working with others that this is how it works? I think it's a part of my own process where, and like our process in the sense that some of the traditional, I can't even, no, they're not traditional, but the commonly turned to modalities and practices, you know, with modern medicine, with psychotherapy, they didn't work. So we had to figure it out. And the way Tammy's mind works is brilliant because she can really take this. It doesn't, and it doesn't matter the topic. She can take the subject and really break it down. Like I go from A to Z and Tammy's like, no, we need to go from A to 8.1, (laughs) 8.2. Amazing. 8.3. And I'm be like, what? But like the way her mind works, it makes it like, it, it helps you realize that this is something that you can actually do yourself because she, literally creates systems. Um, and then just when it comes to the physical body, it's like the body's always reaching toward wellness. When you start to learn and being in herbalism, like you have to learn anatomy and physiology. You have to learn how beautiful these bodies work. And it's 
fascinating. It's remarkable. Mm -hmm. Everything that's going on. And it's like, how are you not reaching toward wellness every day? We just get Mm -hmm. so focused on the pains that we feel, you know, like I was having restless leg. And so you're just so focused on a leg and that takes, you know, that leg, you're so focused on that, that you're not remembering that there are millions of other things going on in your body that are working perfectly. So it's, it's, it's interesting. It's how it's our perspective. And it's like Tammy's brain. (laughs) (laughs) What do you, what do you both find? I feel like they're kind of what you're talking about, Salima, like there's, we're able to tolerate a lot of things and call them health. You're like, well, I'm not dying. Like my leg is just weird when Mm. I sleep at night or, you know, I just have acne on my face or whatever not realizing potentially that these escalate over the course of our life, usually into something that is much more serious. How would you describe what we call health these days from a wider cultural perspective? Um, Mm. I think I want to start there. We're doing Tammy's approach. We'll do 8.1 question before (laughs) 8.3. I think that as a society, health is a very, very low bar. Um, I think that people, when people feel like they're just okay, that's enough. Um, And when you feel great, that's almost so out of the norm that it scares you. And you almost kick yourself back down a couple of notches um, to what has become your comfort zone. and, and, and I'm not saying that, let me just preface this. I am not saying this from a perspective of everything here is perfection and all of you are the problem. <laughs> um, I, don't, I wanted to make that distinction, but that is not what I mean by any stretch of the imagination. Um, because this is, this is a journey, right? Um, and we're all trying to figure out how it is on this journey. And it's a very specific journey for everybody. Um, it's, and I don't believe that it is... Um, Like, here is the bar and everyone should attend to this bar. I think it's a personal bar. What is your personal bar? Um, And figuring out what that is and adhering to it and being okay with whatever it is that you need to feel um, super healthy. So, for example, I used to always get so upset at myself that I was like, oh, no one else has to do this. I have to drink so much water just to feel good. Nobody else has to do this. Everyone else can just fly by the seat of their pants and be fine. And and this isn't fair. And then you kind of like be like, okay. And then you talk to other people and you're like, oh, you have to do this. It may not be water, right? It would be something else. But at the end of the day, everybody has to do something to reach their own personal baseline. And then you have to do even more to advance past it. And I think that in a society, getting to that baseline is generally all. physical, it's all surface, but the advancement is what's really like that deeper internal work, that grunt, that what we use a a garden analogy a lot. It's really going in and tilling that soil um, and pulling out the weeds and deciding if you're going to keep the seed, right? Because seeds get planted from all over the place. They get from planted from people that you don't know, people you do know, your childhood, your parents, whatever. But you have to decide if you want to plant that seed and if you want to uh, tend to it and you want it to grow or if you want to say, that's not for me, right? And that's, I think that is what really 
brings people up to the next level from a health perspective because you don't you won't have all of this internal um, strife. You won't have all this this uh, give and take inside when you have set boundaries and you've said this is what I'm doing for me and being happy about that, right? Not comparing yourself to anyone else and keeping that level. So I think if people, I'm going to bring it back. I'm getting there. So, so I think if people can stop and look at me instead of looking at the we, I think everyone would be in a far better yeah. place. I think health is honoring. Mm-hmm. It, I think it's all of what Tammy said. It's honoring your capacity. You know, like you have to listen internally to what your body is communicating. What's, what's the quality you know, and the content of your thoughts and your belief system. And I feel like when people try to meet these societal measures of health and they reach that and they still see that they're dissatisfied, I think that's when people start to realize that it's about honoring themselves. Um, And it's not just about looking good or feeling fit, but it's about, you know, really tuning into your personal needs and what's your capacity. How can you, uh, you know, be out in the world and serve and extend yourself and still be Prior, really prioritize taking care of yourself. And what does that mean? Um, I like yeah. it. I feel like Ayurveda was the first thing that really helped me understand that, that we all have different ways that we tend towards imbalance and we all have things that we specifically need to do to help us more towards whatever our balances or sattva is or mm-hmm. our, our center is. Uh, I love the garden analogy. Um, I taught Pilates for like 10 years and now I've shifted into other things, but the people, the results that they would expect are kind of like, I go in, you fix me, I leave. And then after like three weeks, we're done. And it's just like, you know, you don't like take all the vitamins you're ever going to need for your whole life on Monday. And then you never take them again. You don't weed once, you weed forever. Um, so I love that analogy very much. I very relate to that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what are some of the, what does herbal medicine in particular teach us about the healing process or about the human process um, that potentially other modalities don't teach us as much? Mm. Yeah, I think that the plants, um, working with plants, it's such an invitation and it gives us space. And so one of the ways that I can explain it is because when you're taking herbal medicine, you are going to feel relief, right? And that is then an invitation you have because now your energy in some regard has been lifted. It's not so burdened by the pains of the physical body. And so now you have this space to make a different choice, essentially. Like that's when you're at the crossroads of like there were habits that created imbalance in the body and now you have you've lifted some of that so what what are going to be your new choices from this place of space and so plants give us that that space and there's always an open door for us to dive deeper and to go within ourselves and really learn to to listen to ourselves and to be our most authentic version of like who we're meant to be on this planet like we can keep going deeper and deeper and deeper into self and i think that one of the gifts of working with plants too is trust, especially when we all have childhoods that likely have trauma, <laughs> you know, trauma with the big T, trauma with a little T, not to compare, like it doesn't matter, but we all come out with things from our childhoods that we would like to release. 
And when we have those wounds and those experiences, we we forget that you know our bodies and this planet are our homes while we're in these lifetimes. And these are supposed to be safe spaces for us. And the plants never violate. Like they will, they can help you remember that you can trust your body, remember that you can trust nature, remember that you can, and, and at some point, remember that you can trust people again, especially if you've been harmed by people. Um, there was something else I was going to say, but I forgot. Um, I think we were, weren't we just talking about this yesterday, Salima? We were having this conversation about plants and the trusting Mm -hmm. and again, because of the way my mind works, I'm a, I'm a tester, right? So, um, that's what plants are for me. It's like, let me, it gives me a chance to regardless of what people say this plant is good for, I'm going to take it and I'm going to see how it affects me. So it's a way for me to take this particular plant and then check in with uh, all these parts of my body. I'm trying to like bring you into my mind to to explain what it's like, because it's almost like matrixy that it's like these parts of my body are like um, jumping or not jumping and everything is talking to you if you pay attention and it's like, Oh, okay. You wanted that right now. Or I could take something and my body's like, I did not want that. And I think that's really what plants give you because yes, from a physical perspective, you're going to gain relief, but you're not going to be numbed. Right. And so the, the body part that was giving you discomfort you're still going to be aware on some levels that there was there was or a bit of discomfort there, but you're also going to see that there's a new depth that you can travel into to kind of see what is happening. Why do you, why do you feel like this? What else do you need? And sometimes the plant isn't the thing that gives you the uh, the the full resolution, but it's absolutely the key that unlocks the door, in my opinion, for you to walk in. And be like, oh, wow, I didn't even know all of this was on the other side. Um, and that's really what it is for me. It's like, use this as a test and test everything. And that's a way to build trust in your body again. But it's also a way to build a relationship with the plants because there really is a relationship there if you allow it to bloom. Um, and when you do, it's magnificent. And you know, when you've experienced it, you want to tell people and you want them to get it just based off of your word, but, but they can't, right? No one can. It's like, you, you got to dive in and you got to do it to really understand. And when you see a student that had that aha moment, you get so psyched. You're like, yes, that's what I've been talking about. That's what I'm saying. That's the beauty of plants, right? Because then they bring it someplace else. And I believe that also is the part of plants. Everyone is supposed to approach this work in the same way, right? You're supposed to build a relationship and then you put your representation out into the world. Um, and I think that's what's so beautiful about it. Mm. And the relationship, yeah, that we build with plants, you know, it's really reflective of the relationship that we build with ourselves. Like that's yeah. always a part of the medicine. And it's like, how are you honoring you? And plants are an incredible catalyst to that process of like, just self-love. Like we did not come, mm. you know, like you weren't born 
hating yourself. Like that just didn't happen. So how do we return to that? And plants can help us remember. That's beautiful. Mm. Yeah, like we didn't incarnate to hate ourselves. Um, I think that I love that you also both present such a strong, like with the self-honoring, but also cultivating like self-trust. Uh, as And I find that that is something that's really, really important that I, I, I do see lacking in people as well. Mm. Um, so I think, I think that's really beautiful, especially talking about with the plants that way. What, what is the role of forgiveness in healing a system? <laughs> oh, gosh. Go ahead, please. <laughs> Just to ask simple questions right. here. <laughs> oh, gosh. How we keep it light. It's like, right, healing the system. She's going to go to the individual. It's like the system. Right. Well, or the system of the individual. Yeah. Like, we all are just like these, you know, these stacked micros and macros right. all, all over the place. Yeah. Uh, it's freedom, honestly. It really, uh, it's so hard to explain. Um, it's this understanding that, you know, what happened couldn't have happened another way. And being able to release the, the expectation that you can change the past. And I also think there's this incredible amount of like acceptance that has to accompany a process of forgiveness because you have to accept. And it's usually, it's relationships with people, right? Like that's where everything breaks down. (laughs) Where we do all of our lessons is in our relationships with each other. And we are all operating at different levels in our consciousness. We are all in different places on our spiritual journeys. And to expect someone to have known better, it, it, I don't think that leaves you individually in a good place where there, that acceptance is that this is where they were. And with the consciousness that they had, these are the behaviors and the actions and the violations that took place. Um, and I think it's always, it's kind of a challenge, you know, high, the hindsight is twenty twenty. We can look back and say X, Y, and Z was wrong and clearly, but we're not, when we're not there, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. when people are in the consciousness that they are in this, these are the behaviors that are in alignment with that consciousness. So it's just, I don't know. It's, it's so big. <laughs> it's so big. <laughs> But if, if you can free yourself from the expectation that, that it could have been different, um, mm. then you can really start to do the healing work and to start to raise your own consciousness. Like it clutters your mind and your energy to hold on to all of the negative emotion that you have as a result of wanting the past to have been any different than it could have been. And like, like problems and solutions, there are two ends of the spectrum and forgiveness keeps us or unforgiveness keeps us in the midst of the problem. And when we can release ourselves, we're moving closer and closer to finding solutions to those problems. I think that's a really beautiful way to think about it. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, like that, that'll do. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we'll, we'll work with that one. Um, 
Tammy, do you have anything that you want to add to that or do you feel good about it? Um, see, Salima and I are a little different because Salima, I think, is uh, fantastic at forgiveness. I don't think, personally, I'm that great at it. Um, and so I guess this would be for the people that feel like they're not so great at it to break it down because I personally have to release my ego. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, holding on to that hurt, that wrong, whatever, I almost feel justified in it. And if I let it go, then that means I let you off the hook. And I also have this big balance thing, right? About fairness. And so that's not fair. That's not right. And so to get you, I'm going to hold on to it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you, I'm going to hold on to it. And I'm never going to let this go. Um, Meanwhile, that person is out golfing, right? Like, right, right. <laughs> They're having a great Chilling. day. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, and, and so you do, you have to, well, at least for someone like me, I have to break that down and ask myself, and everything really does come back to self, right? Does this feel good in your body to hold this? Just put the person out of it. Just having this emotion. Does this feel good in your body? And no. Okay. Well, if it doesn't feel good, do you want to hold on to it? And that's generally kind of where you get stuck, right? You're like, well, you know, I think I do. And so for me, (laughs) forgiveness is, um, it's a step-by-step process. And I have to keep go each step really like that in my mind to hit those points where I am, um, I'm contradicting myself. I'm like, well, you said it didn't feel good, but you're willing to hold on to it to contradict. And then I have to like, kind of go through that. Um, because it's not for me, it's not this easy, let it, let it go, forgive. It's better for you. Like, it's just not that easy for me. Um, it, it's like a lot of turmoil. Um, and I would imagine it's like that for a lot of people. But I, I do believe that you have to get to a point where you deem yourself, your mental health, your physical health, more important than being right. Or, um, you know, ensuring that the scales of justice tip in your favor. Yeah. Um, so it, it, it's those things, but that, that's a process, right? You really have to go through the muck to get there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know if I have a really clean answer as beautiful as Salima, um, because forgiveness for me is dirty. Mm. I can relate to that. I mean, I, I, I can relate to both in different ways, but I'm, I'm sure that you, I'm definitely sure you're not the only one. You can't, you can't really talk about balance and the scales, which I'm like, these are Libra problems yeah. and I'm here for them. Um, <laughs> I'm here for those problems. Um, no, I do relate a lot to that. I love the idea too of also bringing that back to the body. Like, does this feel good to hold this in my body? And then that, it brings it a different, to me, a different place of negotiation. Uh, I think I want to shift into some more, uh, maybe potentially less philosophical questions. (laughs) (laughs) I always just want to get into people's paradigms and like, I'm like, let's get into your soul in 60 minutes. Um, Um. what are some of the most common ailments or wounds or conditions that people walk in with that you see? And do they have kind of common root systems at all? Hmm. 
fuck, it can be it. I'm thinking of the students. There can be a lot of reproductive mm. concerns. Um, it's like 50-50 of the students who have like really gone through their own healing transformation already and they're coming into the program that we offer with Medicine for the Soul to be able to get the skill set to serve their communities with confidence. And then there's the other half, which are really like deep in wounds. But I would say probably the most common, like autoimmune mm. and reproductive. I think. That feels about right. Yeah. And yeah, right. <laughs> I know, especially like it's a predominantly, um, I'm not sure of the term female bodied population community like community um and it's interesting because we bring in the medical astrology which is a lot of fun and being able to decode where it's coming from emotionally and like there's other tools that we used to be able to do that but to really sink into someone else's chart to see where are they holding um their pain and like where are these lessons showing up in their lives so that can always be a little bit different for each person. But of course, like we know, you know, with reproductive issues, we're looking at the moon, we're looking at Scorpio, we're looking at, um, or yeah, even Mars, like it can be kind of in different places, but like, what are those, yeah, like what are those wounds that we're holding around our self-expression and our worth and our acceptance? And of course, like patriarchy, whatever that looks like. Um, and how people have held on to that. And then autoimmune is generally like some kind of self-attack, which, I mean, it when you're going in it, it tends to like all funnel into unworthiness mm. <laughs> and shame. And it's like how, how people are expressing not feeling good enough inside of themselves. Um, and where did that pattern start, mm. right? Well, with the autoimmune, that's that really like internalized um internalized unworthiness and shame and it's a it's a self-attack right it's just what the it's what exactly what the auto what the immune system is doing is exactly what's happening inside um and also it goes back to trust too like can you trust yourself can you trust this universe <laughs> can you trust this um this planet so it's interesting mm-hmm. like it's simple and it's a little bit yeah, it's also not simple at all <laughs> Yeah, especially when you're getting into things like, do you trust being alive? You know, do you trust being on this planet? Which is a big thing. Like, that's actually very common, I found. I don't know if that feels true for you. Um, It's definitely something that I've struggled with. Um, Like, it's Mm. safe to be here and really not Mm. thinking that it is. And it's still, now that I Mm -hmm. recognize it, it's something that I have to, it's safe to be here. It's safe Mm -hmm. to be here. Like, I have to always tell myself that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, I love it here. And I mm-hmm. love like when, and this is where working with plants is incredible because you can ignore people. <laughs> look, and look at the beauty that's happening mm-hmm. outside and how it, you know, there's so much abundance and there's so much beauty and there's so much color and there's so much vibrance and there's so much that happens that we don't interfere with. Like we are not as human beings, literally like rotating the earth, right? So it's like, wait, there's so much that's happening mm. that's amazing. So it's like, just look at that. 
and appreciate that. And like, if we can keep our gaze on nature for a while, you start to, you start to bring that into self and start to bring that beauty in. Like it's another invitation. It's like, but look at yourself. There's so much, there's so much that's amazing. Despite everything that has happened, um, there's more good than, than bad. Mm -hmm. You know, there always Mm -hmm. is. We just have to look for it. Tim, for <laughs> no, you you summed it up. Um, but yeah, that's what I was thinking it was be the autoimmune or the um, or the reproductive health. But what I find, I'm generally not like in the classes, and I'm not like on the calls. Um, very very rarely. Um, actually, hardly ever. Um, but <laughs> the what I do find fascinating that Salima has started bringing, well, she's been doing it for a while now. Like you said, the medical astrology, um, there were a few lupus case studies, so which were fascinating um, when she brought in the chart and then seeing the similarities of people with lupus and the similarities in their chart, completely different people, people that don't know each other. Like, you know, there's no, and you're just saying like, wow, like you really do have a blueprint. There really is a blueprint that kind of tells you what, what's going on or what potentially could go on. Um, and I think that the medical astrology part has been fascinating mm-hmm. of kind of um, bridging these things together to almost unlock that, in in people's minds and being like, oh, okay. And then when you can bring two completely different people and show their charts and be like, I can't make this up, right? Like I didn't create these charts and look at these similarities, look at these these same pain points. Um, I think that really goes really far in healing from the perspective of understanding, Mm -hmm. right? So they... Now you have a new level of understanding. So I think it may be a little bit easier to approach your healing. And also from a perspective, not that you want people to have the same things you have, but when you're saying, oh, this person has the same markers that I have and they too have lupus. So, you know, almost that feeling like you're, you're not alone. I'm not crazy. I'm not alone. Um, this isn't necessarily uh, an attack on me, although technically it is an attack on you, but it's a way that you can look at it and, and you can change your stars, you know, like yeah. you can move things about. It's, it's not um, solidified. And I, I, I really do think that that helps um, kind of remove a bit of the burden from a healing perspective. Um, that this is not just your lot in life and you just have to grin and bear it, that you absolutely can change it. And there are all these tools to help you um, do so. I totally agree. The chart is so, it's like it helps to externalize it for people, I find. Like, it's like there, we have mm-hmm. visuals, we have language, we have an image, we have a map. And suddenly, yeah, mm-hmm. like, they see how it is about them, but it's also not at all. Like, it's also the right. same thing that now we can see. And it's so healthy, I think, too, in the past, like, approaching the chart from a remediative perspective is, like, this is not your, like, 
um, this is not your gloom and doom necessarily. It's like now mm-hmm. we just see what we have to work with and what we need to remediate and how we can um, make these energies dynamic and like work with them. Mm-hmm. No, I think that's so beautiful. And I totally agree. It just, people are like, oh, the, 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 the cosmos know me. I'm like, of course they do. Right. <laughs> it's just this such a beautiful where, moment. Okay. This, this is where I was saying too, like where sometimes it is simple because it's just, it's a pattern, right? Mm-hmm. And it's the same patterns in nature. It's the same patterns in us where like that does simplify the healing process a lot. And it simplifies like how we express, you know, our particular place of balance and our places of imbalance. Like it's just a pattern. And there's so much order in the universe that it makes, and it, it makes total sense that the same emotional patterns and mental patterns would cause the same physical patterns. Um, and just what you were saying about the chart, like it, it provides this objectivity that makes it not so personal where it's yeah. like, it's not, you have space. You have space and distance between you, you like your soul, you and the pain that you're experiencing. Mm. And you see like they can be changed because when you know, I think like we really are understanding and we always deepen our understanding of what all the energies mean in the chart. But when you know the basic fundamental energies, you know, their instructions. So it's like, this isn't a question of what is this about anymore? This is a question of, are you willing to do this work? Agreed. Mm. 100% preach. Yep. Um, like, yep. All of that. Um, totally. Um, I totally lost my train of thought. It's so gone. Sorry. That no, it's not you. your fault. I was so in love with what you were saying that it just vanished from my mind. Um, it was related. Oh, it was kind of bouncing off what you were saying, especially by the time I was getting to like year 10 of, you know, teaching Pilates, which I was working with in a lot of ways similar, like people would get to come to me after physical therapy and all of that. And it was after so many years of seeing like, it was like, oh, my back, oh, my hip flexors, oh, my neck, Mm -hmm. oh, my shoulder. And you're like, everyone, we all think our problems are very special and you are special. But you're pro- like, they're not unique, you know, like the solutions mm-hmm. are, are the, they're not unique. They're the same, actually. The solution is often the same <laughs> yeah, yeah. based on your problems that are beautiful because they're yours, but they're, they're not so special that they're that unique. They're really not. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I think it takes, there's something of that objectivity that I found was often a gift for people. Um, and, but it, it takes, you know, seeing hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people on that side to really see that big of a pattern, I think. And when mm-hmm. we're just in our own story, like it's hard for us to kind of access that mm-hmm. wider perspective. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just like Tammy was saying when it came to, you know, how she has to manage her baseline of health. You know, I was thinking that I'm the only, I know this, the only person on the planet that's been sexually abused. And it's like, no, you're not, <laughs> you know what I mean? And it is, it's that like, it, like you do, you need space between your identity and what your what your experience has been. They are not one and the same. Mm. Mm. That's a nice way to put that. Uh, I think I briefly want to ask. You know, you all work together. You are also you are in like multiple dimensions of partnership, um, <laughs> and you are you know you interplay in other people's well being and also your own well being. Like, there's a lot of things that can easily compete with one another. Like just having a business and yourself. Like having a personal life and something that you run is enough to compete, but then you add relationship and all of that. And so, um, but you all seem to do it really well. So I'm interested in, you know, what are, how do you keep these things well in your life? Like, what are, yeah. Oh, good. 
We didn't always. We didn't okay. always. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> we did that not would always. be so boring. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, uh, but um, fundamentally, though, we really enjoy being with each other. Mm-hmm. Like, we did. So that has yeah. always been, that I has always remained a constant. Oh, yeah. Like, we My heart's are, exploding. Oh, right like, we are best friends. There's not many thoughts. I think maybe there's some more now that thoughts that we don't share with the other. Um, but I think we had to, and I, and I think it's our own work of like, we, it's about that acceptance, right? Of everyone is where they are. And people will make the changes and do the growth if they want to, but it's also going to be how they want to. And it's going to move them to new places like that. We just don't get to dictate. I think some of it has been like just releasing control Mm -hmm. over who we think the other person should be and just like Mm -hmm. fully accepting. And I know that was a lot of my work, right? Like and astrology helped us tremendously Tremendously. understand (laughs) each other and be like, Oh, this is just how you are. (laughs) It's <laughs> how I am. And then mm-hmm. we can decide, we can feel empowered of like, yeah, there are pieces that, you know, are things that Tammy expresses that I really want to be able to exude too. And and vice versa. But we, you know, we have to make that individual choice of whether or not we're gonna change. And then in, we've always been really good at like knowing that change takes time. And like, it, you know, you have this conversation and you're like, yep, I'm going to be better. And then tomorrow you do the same mm-hmm. shit. <laughs> and mm-hmm. it's like, okay, <laughs> you got a few, you got a few more days to get it together. <laughs> right. For me, it's like, I'm going to stop counting. We get asked this question a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it's unique like in a way to see people like, well, also like each other still. So. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah I love Salima I think Salima is absolutely <laughs> my favorite person in the world um, ditto aw. but uh, it did from a business perspective uh, we had to so from a relationship perspective we've always been really good about seeing what our problem area is and then coming up with a solution for that problem area right so I mean, you know, when we first moved in together, we wrote up a contract with each other <laughs> that if this goes south, um, when we're in no, our I right state nothing, of mind, but I'm I mean, nothing. nothing, so I don't know. <laughs> You're like, you'll take your nothing and I'll take my nothing and we'll go our separate ways. <laughs> right. right. So when we're in our right state of mind, um, yeah, we could say this is what we wanted so that if anyone hurts anyone, then when you're mad, you know, it's not, this is fair. This is what we go by. Um, so from, us uh, and a personal of in our relationship, we've always had that fairness that has been throughout. And not only have we had that fairness, but we have always both been committed to the relationship. So whatever it took or whatever the other person needed within the relationship, we're always 1000% on board um, to do it. When Selena's sexual trauma started resurfacing, I remember there was this book you wanted me to read. I so did not want to read this book, but I read the book to help me understand. We went to therapy. I didn't really want to go to therapy, but we went to therapy. I didn't know that. Right, we neither one of us really wanted to do it, but we're like, we have to be right, right? This has to be right. So we are going to always keep trying these things and we're always going to show up for each other 1,000%. So that's how our relationship has been from jump. From the business perspective, um, 
because Salima and I are very different. We think things, oh gosh, I say A, she'll say Z. She'll say a letter that doesn't even exist in the English alphabet, right? <laughs> it's like just so completely different. And so when we first started working together, um, we had different iterations of different businesses that we would do together. And it would always be this. We'd always be fighting. Um, and it was yeah. awful. And we hated working with each other. But we loved working with each other. So we're like, we have to figure it out to make this. And so what we have learned, and I use this terminology, there's like a Batman and a Robin. There's not two Batmans. There's not two Robins. There's one of each. And you have to decide in this task, who are you? And so if you're Batman and I'm Robin, then I have to trust that you know what we're doing and I'm going to follow you. And if it's vice versa, then you have to trust that I know what I'm doing and you're going to follow me. Um, because what would happen is you'd have two people trying to steer the boat and all we're doing is going around in a circle, right? Mm-hmm. Like where this isn't happening. So once we got into that kind of groove of this is, this is in your warehouse, this, this is your uh, zone of genius and I'm going to trust that. Um, Ever since then, we were great. Mm. We've really been great working together. Um, people ask us all the time, how do you spend so much time together? Uh, I have no problem no spending this much time. No one else would rather <laughs> spend time with me. There isn't. Um, you know, people also ask us, do you, how do you always have so much to talk about? We always have something to talk about. Always. Uh, and I think, I know, but I think that's because we're both always growing and always learning. Um, and always questioning. Um, so it's always, you know, I could be driving and Salima could ask me like this super deep question. Like, what do you think about? And I'd be like, I don't know. Like, I'm driving. Like, you just asked me. You want like the, like a deep answer back. I'm like, I, I've got nothing in this moment. But that's okay, right? Because when we go out to dinner in three days or whatever, that's going to be the topic. And we're going to talk for hours about it. Um, and I think it's because we just keep, pressing the other one. And I think the other thing um, is Salima is always raising the bar. Always. <laughs> and I never want to get left behind. And so I'm always like, she's going to leave me behind. I got to kick it up. Like I can fall back a little bit, but I can't fall back so far that I don't even see her anymore. And I was like, oh my gosh, I got to, I got to kick it up because Salima is always, she's oh big thoughts, big, big thoughts. And she's always out there. And like she said, I'm the little thoughts. And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, these nice little steps. But then when I look up, I'm like, where are you at? Um, so it's kind of like that good, you know, she'll kind of like slow down so I can catch up. But I will speed up to catch up. And that's kind of the way our whole relationship uh, works. And it, and it works for us. But I will say, because, again, we get this question a lot. Um, and a lot of people will say that they want our relationship and they're like, it's so easy. And I will say it is not easy. If you want this relationship, then you've got to figure out what it is for you because this is our relationship. This is how we work. This is my personality and her personality and we've come together. And so if someone is like, oh, it's so easy. It's so I'm like this, we've been together 12 years. This took so much intentional work to get to this point of us saying that we are committed to each other. And then when we decide to go into business together, we're committed to this business of us running it together and seeing our vision come to fruition. Um, So it's like, you can't have this. You can have your version of it. And that's great. But understand that 
this takes work. This takes time. And it's not just the kind of work that it's you pointing the finger at the other one saying, you did this, you did that. It's more often than not, you pointing the finger at yourself and saying, okay, how did I approach this? How could I have done better? What is this bringing up in me? This is all about you being able to do the work on yourself. And it's scary and it's hard and you very rarely look good in the situation, right? You're kind of like, oh gosh, I was the asshole, right? It's like all of these things, but, but that's what it takes, at least for this, right? That's what it takes. And it all, and again, I feel like this is what this conversation has been about. It brings you all back to the same thing. It's all about self. It is about you. Because I truly believe if, that, if we fix the me, that that fixes the we. I believe everyone is so focused on the outside world mm-hmm. and what everybody else has and what everyone else is doing. And if everyone would just hit pause and just look at themselves, that they would make the biggest impact in their own personal life, which then will make the biggest impact in the world. I totally agree. That's beautiful. Yeah. It's something that my partner and I were realizing like as a point of contrast is that like, oh, we actually need more space. Like we were like starting to like get into each other's stuff. And I was like, I think actually like we need space to interact. Like, and then it's just like, it was tension evaporated. And it was like, okay, this is our playing field. So yeah, I think you're so right. Just like finding out, like honoring the relationship that you have. And yeah, it takes so much all the time. And I have not even been with my partner for 12 years at all. Um, I want to honor your time. So we can either, I can be like, tell us all about where to find you on the internet. Or I have two more short questions. And I'm happy to honor either one. I'm good. We can go with the remaining questions. What about you, babe? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You good? Questions. Um, They've been fun, fun so far. Good. I'm, in love it. I'm loving it. I'm just like, oh, tell me more. Um, <laughs> One of my favorite, let's start with this one because it's less dreamy. Um, What is one thing that you wish more people knew about their health in 2020? You can control it. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Take ownership of yourself. No, go ahead. That was it. It, 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 That's right. That is your responsibility, you know, and this is what. (laughs) 2020, as it relates to the, excuse me, the pandemic, hand it right back to us. This was always your responsibility. Um, This was always your domain of control. And that's been a big lesson. A pandemic is a really good catalyst to learning that too, especially with our modern medicine. That's like, hey, we're overwhelmed. Please don't come here. Figure it out. And it's like, right. (laughs) What are you going to (laughs) do? Figure it out. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, I totally agree. I remember one of my first reaction was like, learn everything about the immune system. And then it was like, oh, you know, that was like my first reaction. Um, and then, you know, for, but for, I think for a lot of people, it's like, well, we have an immune system. Like it's a, like I already have one. It's like a, it's a new thing. And so, yeah, I think that's a good perspective. I think um, one question that I'm loving this year and I'm interested in your answers is like whose life or work or imagination is making this year or this moment that were impossible for you? I'm always stalking somebody on the internet. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and so my latest <laughs> obsession is Ava DuVernay. 
Oh, and she's yes. been an obsession for a while. And I absolutely love her work and love what she stands for. And as someone who, like, I don't watch a lot of TV, um, but I make it a point to watch everything that Array, that she puts out, that um, that she releases, because we travel a lot. And we have not been able, obviously, like many, we have not been able to travel. And I'm finding that the independent films have been this way to still get that experience out in the world is going into someone else's world. Um, yeah. That's Ava all the way. Anything she puts out, I'm there. I'm signing up for stuff and I'm like, this is like, I am not in the film industry. Can I get you are in? Not. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm all about it. She inspires me so much. Mm. Yeah. How about you, Tammy? I don't know if I have one person. It's um, okay. I love he- hearing people's stories. So I read biographies a lot. Um, I listen to a lot of interviews. I like to, I like hearing people's paths. Um, like, what did you go through? How did you get from, you know, point A to point B? Um, I'm trying to think of the last, bi- I think Trevor Noah's was maybe the last biography I read. Um, Salima watched an interview with Matthew McConaughey and Oprah and she was like, oh, he has a book. It'll probably be good. I bought it from Audible. I just, I really just like hearing um, people's perspectives. Like I read Chandra Rhymes, The The Year of Yes. And that that really resonated with me um, because at the time of reading it, I was a newish parent and I'm someone that likes to work like she likes to work. And I was like, how do you manage working as much as you work with your kids and giving them time, right? I, like, wh- like, how do you do that? What does that look like? Um, so I really find myself in a lot of these stories that just come to me because most of the time I'm not necessarily looking. I'm not quite sure how they pop up on my radar, but they do. And I read them and I see myself in their stories um, at, you know, whatever period, if, if we're at like the same period in our lives. Um, and I, I find it fascinating. Jane Fonda, I read, what was that on Salima? That was a fascinating, uh, documentary on her. I think it was a documentary about her. Yeah. You know, it was amazing. It might've been on Netflix. Maybe I don't know. I think it's like Jane Fonda in four acts or eight acts or whatever. Um, maybe eight acts. Cause I think she's like 80. Um, but it was fascinating, but it was also fascinating. But for, for my type of mind, I also find these fascinating because I love seeing people's patterns. And she was one that it was like, wow, I see your pattern. And then at 80, what I found was brilliant at 80, that woman broke her pattern. Hmm. I was like, can't nobody ever say I'm too old. I was like, this woman is 80. And to me, she had a pattern of always needing a man in her life. That's what it looked like to me. Like you could never be single. And then around late 70s or early 80s, it seemed like she realized that was her pattern. And she was like, nope, I'm not doing it anymore. And I was, that was so inspiring to me. I was like, wow. So like what, so then that asked me, myself, like, what is it that you're holding on to that you won't let go of? So I think that's really why I love just like hearing all of those stories and then seeing how can I see myself in the story and then how can I try to push myself forward, which again, I do believe by be pushing myself forward, I then help the, uh, the greater good. Mm-hmm. I love that. Tell us um, if you have anything 
going on in the world, or maybe it's something that's recurring. Um, and also where we can stalk you and find you on the internet, how you like people to reach out to you, et cetera. Well, the thing that we always have going on, I do monthly astro workshops online over Zoom. Um, and then, and I mean, it's all, all the information is usually on our social media pages. You can find us everywhere at I Will A Remedy. And our website is IWillAremedy.com. And then our mentorship program, Herbal Medicine for the Soul, is open. Um, and that's really, you know, the intention with the work is to really help adults break their cycles of chronic physical pains, mental illness, pills, side effects, trauma. It's everything that we experienced through herbal medicine, emotional alchemy, and spiritual alignment. And so that is open. Those doors are open. And yeah. <laughs> Beautiful. I'll be sure to track down all those links and things. Um, and make sure that they're in the show notes. Do you guys have anything else that you would like to share before we I just want to add one thing. Um, People generally don't know how to say our company name. Um, (laughs) And it's Iwilla. And I want people to know that it's not just a random word. It's Salima's middle name. Mm. Um, And it means I will arise. Mm. And um, when we were trying to figure out a name for our business, Salima had always hated her middle name. (laughs) Um, I think her God, her uncle told her it sounded like a disease. Um, (laughs) So, so, you know, we were like, this is perfect. We're going to name our company this and um, we're going to turn something that she once hated into something that she loves um, and that is loved. Um, And I think Iwilla is a perfect name for healing. I think it's your will. Yeah. Super beautiful. I love that. I did not know that about your business name at all. Uh, And I really want to thank you both for, I know you have so much going on and just for taking the time to chat with me and just share just about your life and your work. It's just really beautiful. And really thank you for being so generous with it all today. So thanks. Thank you. This was awesome. Thank you so much for having us. It was a lot of fun. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed the conversation, please leave us a five-star rate or review, subscribe to the show, and share the episode with someone else who would enjoy it. Be sure to check out the links below the episode in the notes for more information about anything that we talked about on the show, free resources, and also how you can join our free group where you can talk about the episode with other like-minded folks. Thank you for being here. Peace. Peace.